there is so much involved in being a top performing sales professional, and part of the job is serving existing clients better so that you can sell more and grow the business. Everyone is in sales, whether it's your fancy title or not. So the question is, how do you serve better in order to sell more? You'll love this episode because this is all about increasing existing business with sales, and it's the easiest way to grow. You are listening to The Smarter Sales Show, where sales challenges are solved with tech and technique, so you can sell more and stress less. Please welcome your hosts, sales experts and funny ladies, Merit Khan and Julie Holmes. Welcome and hello to The Smarter Sales Show. This is the podcast that helps you sell more and stress less by combining the powers of technique and tech. My name is Merit Khan, and I have been working with business owners, professionals, and salespeople who are highly skilled in their area of expertise, but super frustrated when it comes to growing the business because being good at what you do ain't enough. They had to master their sales mindset, methods, and techniques, and that's where my expertise lies. And I am Julie Holmes. I am a certified nerd. I, of course, certified myself, but by (laughs) doing so, I have a background not only in enterprise technology, but also in all of the apps and the tools that help sales professionals sell more effectively, more efficiently, and just generally be more cool. When companies want to up their sales games in areas like productivity, analytics, and performance with technology, they pick up the bat phone and call me. (laughs) <laughs> I know I pick up my bat phone and call you, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, so what's so, this week's challenge? So this week's challenge is about making sure that we are thinking about how to service our clients as part of the sale and beyond mm. the sale. So, you know, you and I are both kind of solopreneurs. We run our own businesses. I run two businesses. One of them I have a team and one of them I run on my own. And I don't always have a customer service team to pass things off to. I've got to serve these clients I'm selling. First of all, that helps to keep me much more honest in the sales process. Right. But the other thing that it does is it also means that I have to be thinking long term about all of the relationship and everything that I am promising them and making sure that I am delivering it. So the challenge that we keep hearing about is how do I go from my first sale and how do I grow that sale by servicing my clients? How do we grow lifetime value? Yeah, it's so important because serving clients well is really the key to growing sales, right? Because growing your business is with existing clients, you've got referrals as one strategy and you've got upselling existing business as another growth strategy. And honestly, if we're not serving our clients, delivering on what we've initially promised, then there is nothing more they're going to want to do with us, right? So I wrote about the challenge of serving clients well in my book, Myth Shift, Challenging the Truths That Sabotage Success. And in that book, I talked about you don't get any extra credit until the original job is done. Oh, that's so (laughs) smart. Right? (laughs) It doesn't matter all these additional things you can do for a client if you didn't deliver on the initial 
problem that you were hired to solve. So really the first thing I think of when I think sell, serving clients better to sell more is first of all, set the expectation that first I want to deliver on the expectation that you have. I want to solve the problem that you hired me to solve. And then if you're open to it, Oh, there it is. Ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> then I would like to have two other conversations with you. One about who else you might know that I would be able to help in similar way. And also what else you and I might do together to expand on the solution that is now in place that's delivering the result that I promised. Mm. First, you want your client to recognize that your full attention is on serving their business, delivering on the promise you gave them. But you can also set that expectation early on that at some point you're going to be really thrilled with the service that you're getting. And at that point, would you be open to having a conversation with me about who else you might know that you could introduce me to that I could also help? And also some of the other things that I might do People that have worked with me on ABC have also appreciated working with me on XYZ. But first, let's solve your problem. And then if you're open to it, I'd like to share some of the other things that I might be able to help you with. That's really good. I might have to trot out a little of my nerdiness and my little my analytical, quantifiable nerdiness in this episode. Ooh, I don't know if you know this it. statistic or not, but it's a really interesting one. And that is that customers that have exceptional salespeople are 10 to 15 times more likely to remain loyal. Whoa. I mean, I knew that. Like, it sounds right intellectually, yep. intuitively, but that's a great statistic. Yeah. And the other one that is worth keeping in the back of your mind as you're trying to decide where the line draws between service and sales is that salespeople are the face of the business. To that customer, they are the face of the business. And that is why 70% of the time when a customer leaves, leaves an organization, it is because they believe that they've had poor service. 70% of the time is poor service related. And almost always that is attributed to the salesperson. Well, of course, right? Because the salesperson is going to say what they need to say to get the deal done. Yeah. But ultimately, if you're promising something that you can't deliver on, then you're just leaving them no choice but to be dissatisfied. Exactly, exactly. Huh. Would it be worth it for me to talk through some of the strategies and how I use some technology and some systems to help kind of get past that? Please, absolutely. First and foremost, and this is a little bit of a hybrid one for me, because this comes back to my love and adoration of key performance indicators. And I love a good <laughs> metric and I love a good checklist and I'm super process oriented. But one of the things that used to come up all the time in my enterprise technology sales role was that we did a lot of trials and we did a lot of, you know, kind of letting people use software before they committed to purchasing it. Now, here's the problem. The problem is for a long time, I would just say, yeah, go ahead and play with it and let's see how that goes. Yeah, that's not really very strong language, is it? Well, no, but I mean, it's also really vague. So yeah. one of the things, and I think you hit on this beautifully when you were talking through the technique side of things, is that one of the challenges I would encourage everyone to take on is not only capturing what success looks like, but how will success be measured? So, yeah. you know, like if somebody says, 
Yeah, well, you know what? This will be a success if we sell more. So they bring you or me in, Merit, to help their sales team. So they've got a great sales <laughs> kickoff coming up, right? And they have been listening to our podcast or somebody shared it with them and they go, oh my gosh, we need to get Merit and Julie out here and they're going to do the Smarter Sales Show at our sales kickoff. And then we say to them, great, absolutely. Here's your challenge. Here's what you want to accomplish. And they're like, yeah, we want to get more sales. Great. How are we going to measure that? Right. Right. I mean, when I have those kinds of experiences, I would always set it up like a let's pretend question. So I would say, let's pretend this was to work beyond your wildest dreams. What would that look like in terms of these types of of Mm -hmm. metrics that you might look at to measure the success? And then I actually want to take it down a notch. Uh, Well, you know, we would make 100 new sales. Okay, well, let's pretend we made 50 new sales. You made 50 new sales after doing this work. Is that still a success? Is that not a success? Like, how would you measure that? And I think getting clear, using your language to articulate what do the metrics look like if this works or doesn't work is really going to help on that customer satisfaction and that ability to upsell future offers because, you know, I'm first delivering on the expectation that I've promised and then setting the stage for more. Yeah, I think that's perfect. So when it comes to these capturing these metrics from a tech perspective, I would capture them somewhere. Like this isn't just a conversation. So whether it's in your CRM system, whether it's in Excel or a Google Doc or Office, it almost doesn't really matter. The key is, is that if you've actually captured what that looks like. So for example, I used to work with an analytics platform and we used to say, okay, how long does it take for you to do this process right now? Or how long does it take for this report to run? Great. If we took that to your point, Merritt, right? If we took that down from taking an hour to run this report or an hour or a day to get through your month end or five days to get through your month end, and you were able to do it in a day, does that look like success? Now, here's the cool thing about documenting this, because as soon as you've documented it, you've actually teed yourself up to do the next thing on my list, which is to actually create output to prove success. Mm. So one of the things that when you're thinking about your prospects, I always challenge myself and everyone, give them what they need, not what they say they want. Yeah, that's so important. And I, they don't kind, always. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't. Well, they don't know. They don't know they don't necessarily. Know. Right. Right. They get focused on what is their immediate challenge, and sometimes they forget that the ancillary parts of that. So one of the things that every prospect needs and every customer needs once they've joined you is they need reinforcement that they have made a good decision. Mm. They need to be able to see that the results have come into play, and they need to be able to share those results throughout the company throughout the organization. So they've got to demonstrate that success. And by the way, not just for them, but for us as well. So always, always be thinking about what is the report that you are going to give them at the end of that milestone? Whatever that milestone of success is, we're going to accomplish this. We're going to get this. We're going to hit this metric. We're going to sell X number. We're going to do whatever it is. What's the report that you are going to give them at the end of that that's going to prove it? Because what Mm. you want them to be able to do is to look at that output. And I use, you can use Canva for this. You can use PowerPoint for this because you know there's an app for this. Of course. You (laughs) You can use your CRM for this. But if you give them that document at the end 
and you say, here's what we've accomplished, how much more likely are they going to be to refer you? You've teed them up not only to refer you, but also you've teed them up in order to be a case study for you. Yeah, that's a great point. And we talked about that. I think when we did our LinkedIn episode, we talked about getting testimonials and different things like that. And that also contributes to this, right? Because sometimes it's some of my clients over the years, what they're selling isn't, it isn't a fast metric, right? It's a longer sales cycle. So the idea of how would you know that it's working, you know, that you are having a a stronger sales mindset as an example. Well, I'd be making more calls. I'd be Mm -hmm. having better conversations. I'd be asking for bigger dollars. So sometimes it's not just about the results, but it's measuring those indicators on the way to the results that you can start to see. It used to be that I would you know, that my proposals were averaging $10,000. And then I, I worked on my money mindset. And now I can see that my average proposal is $20,000. So I can see that there's movement. So for some, some of the folks listening, where it's not like a direct, like, you know, there were 12 more orders or etc. I think that's another way of looking at that. Yeah. And then the last thing that I would offer in terms of using tech in order to kind of improve the way that you serve is to get your face in front of that client. Right now, of course, we're still in a situation around the world where people are still maintaining some distance, some physical distance, but that doesn't mean that we have to be socially distant. It doesn't mean that we don't have to be interacting with people. So remember that relationships are one of the most valuable tools that we have. So from a tech perspective, your face is perfect. Just the way it is, it's absolutely perfect. Get your face in front of that client. Let them know that you are a real person, that you really care about their success, and I would encourage you to do that in two distinct ways. The first one is put your photo on your emails. If you don't have your photo in your signature on your emails, go do that right now. I don't care how cheesy you think it is. There's been numerous studies done. One of them, if you wanna look it up, is all around mere exposure. And the fact that someone sees your face, the more they see your face, the more they are going to trust you. So don't make me break out my master's in communication, but that's a fact. (laughs) And then the second one is to do more video messages, right? Do more video messages, incorporate your humor and your personality into those messages. The line between professional and personal is blurring all the time. And that is, it's not as a clear and hard, fast rule anymore that, you know, we have to be this polished, buttoned up person all the time. Everybody knows we're human. So give that humanity back to your customers so that they feel that relationship with you. And that is the beginning of great customer service. That is so important. And, you know, so many people in sales, you know, they're not really trained on the service side, but that's an important aspect of the job. And I think a lot of salespeople are wired to just hunt and kill the next deal as opposed to really taking care and nurturing and growing the deals that you do have. So it's really there's that those two kinds of salespeople, like right, the hunters and then the farmers, right? The hunters are going to shoot and kill the next one. The farmers want to grow the ones that they've got. And depending on the structure of the organization and what you're really compensated for, how you're, you're, uh, 
compensation plan is set up, you may be uh, wired to and and rewarded for doing certain aspects of the job and not others. But I think, you know, the more we realize that good customer service is just an integral part of being a professional salesperson is, you know, I, I think there's so many great things that we can learn that will lead to more business when we make helping other people and solving their problems and serving them well our number one priority. I think that's completely true. So what do you think their challenge should be this week, Merritt? I think, well, first of all, I love the idea of photo on your email. I mean, that's a challenge you could accomplish in, you know, 30 seconds or less. So please go and do that. I I will tell you my challenge for myself this week is I'm going to do every email response as a video message. I just think that one thing, if I can make that my focus, like... Just get that done. Every email that comes in that I have to respond to will just be a video message. And I just want to test that for a week and see what how it feels for me and how that goes. So that would be challenge number one. And then I think on the technique side, I would encourage people to reach out to their existing clients where they just have an opportunity to do an upsell, but first phrase it up like, you know, now that I've solved your problem, are you open to having this conversation mm. so that you can really, so I can serve you better and not spend my time trying to sell other people? Who can you introduce me to that frees me up to do better work for the clients that I do have? That's a, a great way to put it. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. And I think that that is a good kind of tee up to the next episode that we should have. So I think that one of the, you know, we've been hearing this back and forth from our various listeners. And one of the things is, is people want to make sure that they're using the right language with their prospects when it comes to sales. Do they know their pain and how do they get the wording of that pain right? And how do they reinforce what they do? using that language to their prospects. So that's coming up in our very next episode. Ah, I'm giddy about that one. I love that one. Uh, So you are definitely going to want to subscribe to the Smarter Sales Show so you don't miss any of the upcoming new episodes when we post. Give us a rating and that five-star review or the five-star rating and a good written review. (laughs) And then share the podcast. Share the podcast with entrepreneurs, business leaders, sales directors and managers, people out there hustling for the next deal. All of those people will benefit from the tech and technique to sell more and stress less. So we thank you for that. And if you have questions that you want us to answer on the air, or if you want to just discuss how awesome we are, you can do that at, by sending us an email to hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And don't forget, of course, you can visit our website at thesmartersalesshow.com as well. And we are available to present to your group virtually or live. When you have sales challenges, we are a perfect duo to bring in to come at that sales challenge from a couple of different perspectives. And we love to facilitate virtual conversations with your sales teams on just that exact topic. You'll walk out of there with technique and tech to solve every sales challenge that you're dealing with. 
Don't forget that you can check out our show notes, which contain not only an awesome summary of the show, but also links to the products and the tools that I recommend, also quotes from today's episode, and some quick tips and tools that you can use to get more from sales. After all, we all need to sell more and stress less. Don't forget to stay tuned for some bloopers at the end because we're bound to have some of those as well. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to the Smarter Sales Show. I'm Julie Holmes. And I'm Merritt Kahn. We'll see see you you on the next time. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to the Smarter Sales Show. If you want a tech and technique solution to your sales challenge, send an email to hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes. If you'd like a transcript of today's show with links to the tools we mentioned during the episode, as well as reminders when the episodes are released, please visit our website and subscribe to our email updates at thesmartersalesshow.com. First and foremost, in fact, I used to, I, I wrote about this in my book, Myth Shift, Challenging the Truths That Challenge, uh, So they've got a great sales kickoff coming up. Hint, hint. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.